Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Final Whistle. If you haven't already, go check out my interview that was uploaded last night with Anthony Madel. It was a blast from the NBA. He is a production assistant there. He talks about his life in the bubble, as well as what he's, his best projects that he's completed and more, as well as a bubble, shark, bubble barbershop encounter with LeBron James. You can't miss it. Go check that out now. But we are down to the final four of the NFL. We are now into the championship games in the NFC and AFC. Our final four is Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay Packers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to give you my reaction to all four games a little as well. Then we're going to drop into a little bit of NBA, especially what's clicking there in Brooklyn between James Harden and Kevin Durant. And I'm going to give you a hot take that Kevin Durant's not going to just win one award this year. He's going to win two. So stay tuned to that. Let's get started. But with the first matchup that took place in the NFL, Green Bay took down the Los Angeles Rams 32-18. The game never really seemed in question. The Rams would make spurts here and there, get it within one score, but they never really seemed like they were going to get over the hump and take that lead. Aaron Rodgers, what can you say, 23 of 36, almost 300 yards, two scores. Aaron Jones had 99 yards and a score. Just an absolute domination offensively against that highly potent and highly stout Rams defense. Jalen Ramsey really didn't have any answers for Devontae Adams. He also had a score a score there as well. As for the Rams offensively, Cameron Akers was the real bright spot. 90 yards on the ground and a score. What do I take from this? Well, everyone has to go through Lambeau. We already assumed that was going to be the case, but now it's official with them hosting the NFC Championship game on Sunday. Going to be a real interesting scenario there especially with now Green Bay's defense has really turned the corner of the second half of the year and they carried that into this past weekend only holding the Rams to 18 yards Jared Goff he was efficient 21-27 but he only had 175 yards throwing the football really impressed by Green Bay they're going to be a real tough out this weekend against who are they going against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. the Bucks. Got it done. I told you guys. I actually ended up going 4 for 4 on my picks as well as on the spreads as well. I had a great weekend in regards to the sports betting aspect. But again, Buccaneers won 30-20. to Wasn't really Tom Brady that got it done. It was that Tampa Bay defense. They caused four turnovers. And that was ultimately the difference. They ended up taking down New Orleans 30-20. to Tom Brady was... Pedestrian, 18 of 33, 199 yards, two touchdowns. It wasn't really the offense that carried the weight. It was the defense with those interceptions. Three interceptions on Drew Brees as well as a fumble uh, by Jerry Cook. And I told, and story of the game, player of the game, Devin White had an interception as well as a fumble recovery. He was all over the field. He was talking trash. At the benches of New Orleans and talking trash with players of New Orleans, talking trash with his own guys. It was fun to watch. I thought he was going to be a major difference maker. And he was the player of the game without question in my opinion. He was absolutely electric. Todd Bowles, kudos to him. Called a hell of a game. Blitzed on two-thirds of possessions. Made sure that New Orleans was not going to be able to force the ball down the field. And they didn't. They did not even attempt 
a pass over 20 yards by Drew Brees. The only attempt that was over 20 yards was a trick play, and Jameis Winston was the quarterback there. So Drew Brees did not attempt the ball 20 yards down the field. Question is, will he retire? It's going to be very debatable, but I cannot really see him at the moment coming back. It looked like there was a lot of emotion coming out of him as that game ended, as he walked off the field, as he looked around in New Orleans for potentially the last time, and I think it probably will be his last time. Drew Brees, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, was one of the greatest quarterbacks to do it, especially coming off of a potential catastrophic injury when he was released from they were then the San Diego Chargers, but now they're the Los Angeles Chargers. New Orleans took a chance on them, and wow, he took them to a Super Bowl. Nothing more that you can say. He was absolutely phenomenal. He's first and second in so many categories with Tom Brady in passing history and quarterback history. You can't say anything else but him being extraordinary. But three interceptions, and it's that may loom large to whether or not He's going to make a decision. He has said it's not. It's still up in the air. Of course, it's going to come down to the wife. That's how it usually comes down to when you're making these tough decisions about retirement. But I don't see him coming back. It's going to be real unfortunate. And New Orleans may be in a real pickle for the next couple of years trying to figure out how to get back into the NFC prominence if Drew Brees is not there. In other news, Michael Thomas just had surge, two surge, he's going to have two surgeries on his ankle. He played through it. Again, as that was broke, uh, he thought it was going to be potentially Drew's last run, and he wanted to help him get a championship, and he was playing through extraordinary pain. Kudos to Michael Thomas. He wasn't really a factor, though, at all uh, on Sunday, and you could see that he was not able to get the separation, and it was affecting him in his entire game. He dropped a couple balls as well that he usually catches. So, again, kudos to Tobbles and that Tampa Bay defense. They were the huge difference makers. Helped Tom Brady reach the NFC Championship and a 30-20. to 20. And this is a Week 6 matchup. Again, that happened earlier in the year, and Tampa Bay absolutely dismantled Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers only had five interceptions all season. Two of them were in that game against Tampa Bay. It's going to be a real focal point to see how the Packers are going to be able to attack this Tampa Bay defense who, who try to keep your quarterbacks off balance. They bring pressure. They make sure. They challenge their your wide receivers and dare you to make plays in tight coverage and tight windows and to make all the throws. Is it going to be a completely different game in my opinion? Yeah, because I think you have two completely different teams, honestly. Tampa Bay, that was basically their best defensive performance all year. And they haven't really showcased that ability. They did showcase the ability last this past weekend to create those turnovers. And then, again, Tampa Bay's offense has been a little bit different now. They've started to figure it out with Antonio Brown now being back in the mix since Week 9. They're taking strides. But the Packers' offense has been completely different, too. Aaron Rodgers is taking his game to a whole nother level. Again, he's going to be the MVP. It's not even a question. So definitely going to be a unique matchup. So let's jump to the AFC. That's going to be also another Week 6 rematch where Kansas City took down Buffalo. But let's recognize how they got there. Buffalo ended up taking down Baltimore 17-3. Baltimore's offense and it turned out to be in a defensive slugfest. It, only 13 points combined scored by the offenses and one of, 7 points scored by the defense. And that was really the difference that took place in the third quarter. It was 10-3. Lamar Jackson got it down to the red zone where he had not thrown an interception at all in his career. 
He ended up throwing a 101-yard interception return for a score by Taron Johnson. And that ended up being really the real difference point. Happened at the end of the third quarter with about under a minute left. It completely turned the tides of that game. That next position possession, Lamar ends up getting hurt uh, out with a concussion the rest of the game. And after that, she, it was all she wrote. But really surprising how defensive-minded the game was. You a lot of miss. There was significant missed kicks too on special teams. Justin Tucker, who never misses, most accurate kicker in football statistically, missed two, as well as Bass on the other side for Buffalo. He missed a couple kicks. So again, the wind the wind was really a factor. We thought there was going to be a potential chance of snow. Never really took place, and the issue really there was the wind, and it really affected the passing game. Lamar ended up finishing 14 of 24, 160 yards in an INT. Josh Allen, 23 of 37, 206 yards and a touchdown pass, but it really never was in question. Stephon Diggs has been the real difference maker for Buffalo this year. He had another 100-yard game and a touchdown. And I think that's been the real evolution that's helped Josh Allen take that next step. Yeah, Brian Dable has really controlled Josh Allen and put him in the best situations for success, throwing early on first downs and his accuracy has improved. When you have a dog at wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, there is no way to really defend him. And that's really been the difference. You have a true number one wide receiver finally in Buffalo, and he has made sure that Josh Allen has been able to take advantage of the opportunities that have been presented to him. So let's transition to the other game, which took place, which was the Kansas City Chiefs taking down Cleveland 22-17. to and the real storyline of the game, there were two of them. Patrick Mahomes was knocked out with a concussion as well, like Lamar Jackson. This time, Kansas City found a way to win. And anything is possible, as Patrick Mahomes put on his social media. And that ended up being trending all over. Anything is possible. Chad Henney comes in in relief, uh, makes some critical plays for, the, for them, especially on the game-ending drive. On a third and 14, they go back to a drop-back pass where I and many others thought, you hand the ball off, you punt the football, you take as much time off the clock. No, you drop back. Chad Henney rolls out, scrambles, almost gets the first down. It's fourth and inches. All right, then you can maybe try and draw him offside. You're not going to run a play here. Cleveland didn't think they were going to run a play here. Cleveland was ready to get back on the field and show, show that they had the opportunity to be successful. Instead, what happens? Chad Henney runs a rollout pass to the right. Tyreek Hill beats his man, and you complete a five-yard out, short out, quick out to seal the game and end it. Again, Kansas City holds on 22-17. to 17, But I really think the real storyline here was is that many people doubted the Cleveland Browns and they're here to stay and they're going to be legit. Even though, I, as we said, that they need to keep this game close and have an opportunity. They were going to have an opportunity to potentially have the game. It was Chad Henney and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy made the ballsy call of the year to go for it. Mayfield, what how do you do? 23 of 37, 200 yards, a touchdown, and an INT. Nick Chubb, 69 yards. T, Rashad Higgins, 88 yards receiving. They were able to control the game. They controlled the tempo. That's what they were going to have to do to have a chance. And even it helped out with Cleveland's defense, too, taking time off the clock, not making sure that Kansas City was having real quick offense. They were forcing... Kansas City to work their way down the field, which really shortened the game to help Cleveland stay in it and give them an opportunity. Again, holding Kansas City to field goals. They did everything they could right 
besides that fourth down where Andy Reid just he made a call if you as that he was winning that he had already won the Super Bowl. I've already won a Super Bowl. I'm gonna make the call to help my team win the game. I'm gonna do it. Simple as that. If you're not a Super Bowl winning coach, you probably pull you probably do not pull that trigger and go for it. You punt that ball and you make Cleveland go all the way back down the field and score a touchdown to beat you. But again, real interesting how these games turned out. We all thought these would potentially be more high scoring games than they actually were. Defense came defenses came to play in both AFC games, but Kansas City comes out on top. Now the real question will be can Patrick Mahomes, Patrick, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes be able to play on Sunday? That is still up in the air. Uh, there were reports today by Adam Schefter that said he made significant strides, but he is still in con- concussion protocol. And Daz, uh, Dan Graziano was on, also reported today how the pr- protocol works. You need to go through a five-step process, and you really don't know if he's going to be able to play until Sunday. Before usually around warm-ups because if he has a, any setbacks whatsoever, even if he completes all five steps and he's cleared, if he has a setback right before kickoff, he has to go back all the way to the first step and complete those five steps again, which will rule him out. What am I going to guess, though? He'll be out there on that football field. He'll, he will do everything in his power, and the or Chiefs organization will do everything in their power to help him get on that football field on Sunday to play the Buffalo Bills. Another week six matchup where Kansas City controlled that game and ended up winning up in Buffalo. Instead, this is going to be at Arrowhead. And again, as well as Packers-Tampa Bay. The Packers-Tampa Bay game was in Tampa. Now it's in Lambeau. Completely different games. Buffalo is a team that hasn't lost since the Kansas City game. Well, they have lost, but I really don't count it because it was a Hail Mary that where they lost and they had that game one if they just knocked the ball down. They're really basically undefeated going into this game since losing to Kansas City. And again, Kansas City has been playing close games now all year. They're just finding ways to win. And I'm telling you right now, if Patrick Mahomes is unable to play, they're not going to be able to beat Buffalo. They're just not going to have enough. You're going to have all the weapons, but is Chad Henney going to be able to exploit the weapons? Um, He threw a duck interception on a prevent defense where he could have just checked it down for 15, 20 yards. And say he throws a duck into the end zone, overthrows this guy by 15 yards for a touchback interception. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these games turn out. You got two great matchups now with Packers and Tampa, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, where everyone just needs to understand this is their first matchup ever in the playoffs, and you just need to sit back and enjoy the moment of what watching two of the greatest to ever do it. Because I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented and best thrower of the football I've ever seen in person. And Tom Brady is the definition of the GOAT and the greatest winner at the quarterback position. So you're going to see two of the best duke it out. And on the other side, you have Patrick Mahomes if he's able to play. One of those rising stars. And he is right now the dude in the NFL. Between him and Aaron Rodgers, it's not even a question. Then you have a rising star out of Buffalo who's a guy from Wyoming and Josh Allen. So, great kudos to these guys. You're going to have great opportunities to see here what these four teams are made of. So, let's transition now to a little bit of some NBA. Last night, the Brooklyn Nets took down the Milwaukee Bucks, in which was the game of the night without question, 125 to 123. Kevin Durant, what can you say? He's been absolutely spectacular this year. I'm just going to run you through some numbers. 
He's averaging 30, just over 30 points a game. He's shooting 54% from the field, 48% from the three-point line, and he's 88% from the free throw line. All right, like, are you kidding me? The guy's coming off of a torn Achilles. Again, a torn Achilles, and he is absolutely putting the NBA on notice that, hey, I am back and I am still that dude. He's easily going to be comeback player of the year. And this was my bold take that I was going to tell you guys that I've already made earlier in the year. He will be the MVP. He will. He's just, he's an unstoppable scoring force. And if he just plays a little bit of defense here and there and he gets his assists and rebound numbers around five to six each, he's going to be the MVP. It's not even going to be without question. He has been that dominant this year. Just so absolutely fantastic. Kevin Durant, the MVP. That was my bold take. But the real question is, how is Kyrie Irving going to blend into this squad? James Harden, he has, and especially in these two games, back with Kevin Durant, these guys have really taken upon themselves to take over this team. Harden last night, he had 34-12. and 12. He was absolutely a stud. 34 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, 34 points and 12 assists, excuse me. But again, what a phenomenal matchup. And that this was a real standard for Brooklyn to see where they were going to be. Again, I thought they're going to they are now the front runner to make the 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 NBA Finals and out of the Eastern Conference. Will they win? That's a great question. But as I we mentioned earlier uh, last week with on my show, if they do not make the finals this year or win a championship in the next two years, the New York fan base will start overreacting and start panicking. And they will come at you. They're a ruthless fan base. And they don't care. They know how the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade went. Yeah, they were older when that trade was made when they with Boston, but still. That's immediately where they're gonna go what they're gonna go back to. So you need to ensure the greatness there. Will Kyrie Irving be able to blend in? Because right now the chemistry is going really well, with, and Kyrie's really at a hindrance right now after with him missing these past seven games and not being able to really ac- accumulate himself with Harden and Durant on the court at the same time. How are you going to attack this problem? I think that you're going to have to stagger them. You have three ball-dominant players, especially in Harden and Kyrie. A lot of their game is based off on the, having the ball in their hands and being able to dribble and create if that means they're going to create for others or create for themselves to be able to score. You're going to have to stagger them. That's how I think it's going to go. You're going to have probably the three of them to start. Then you're going to take one out early. So you can ha- then you'll play with two. You'll have two the rest of the way for the most part. Then again, in the third quarter, you bring all three in to start real quick, four or five-minute spurt. Then at the end of the game, you'll have all three of them on the court. You're going to have to stagger them because you're going to need one of them probably – Either Kyrie or Harden, in my opinion, will probably be, most likely Kyrie, will be the one that comes out early. So he can be the guy for that bench unit to go out and get his. So he'll be able to accustomly, so you're able to, in those first couple minutes of the games and or in the halves and at end of games, you're going to be able to share the ball all around the court, play on, play selfless, be able to get the best shot possible. But then in those critical components like, during the bench opportunities when you can have one of those guys be the ball dominant dude and go get his. So I think that's how Brooklyn's going to have to attack it. It's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. As for Milwaukee, I'm really 
unsure of what you're going to get there, especially Milwaukee has been the regular season team out of the Eastern Conference every year, and they can't figure it out in the postseason because usually you're able to bog down Giannis in the paint and force him to be a jump shooter. Giannis, he had 34 points. Chris Middleton, he had 25. Drew Holiday, he had 22. You had their big three showed up and showed out, and you still came up short. So it's, that's going to be a real alarming for Milwaukee. You're gonna have, they're going to have to lock down defensively because if you're not going to be able to outscore Brooklyn, it looks like, especially from this point perspective, that they're going to probably be now a top two or top three seed in the East. And they're easily my pick to come out of the Eastern Conference now after this trade. I was all in them on the Miami Heat. I thought the Miami Heat had the logistics and the formula to do it, that physical brand of basketball, and then having snipers all around Jimmy Butler. But it's I think it's just gotten unfair now to the point in Brooklyn with Harden, Durant, and then when you bring Kyrie Irving in. I think it's going to be really difficult to see how they're going to be able to gel and flow. In other news, the Warriors came back from the Lakers 14 down last night in the fourth quarter to come out victorious 115-113 on the road. From the Warriors' perspective, I think they're a team that's going to be a middle of the middle to the bottom of the pack and make the playoffs. Will they make a run? Who knows? It'll be interesting to see. But Steph Curry, he's going to have to carry the brunt of the load. And I think if this team had Klay Thompson, they're right in the mix to be representatives from the West. Curry had 26 last night. So you know he's going to get his uh, any given night when he wants to. So it's just going to be whether or not to see how that is accustomed to. Big injury news, C.J. McCollum, he's going to be out for weeks uh, for Portland as he uh, ends up having a, looks, I think from what I've heard, it's a fractured foot. So he's going to be out for a while, being injured last night after uh, by San Antonio. The Spurs ended up dominating that game, 125-104. to So let's jump to college basketball now and some big news that happened this past week, as well as there's a huge matchup tonight. For me personally, I got a little bit of bias, of course. Being a Seton Hall guy, Seton Hall plays Villanova. The spread right there is it's almost nine. So I love to see whether or not uh, our, my Pirates are going to be able to keep it close against Villanova. I really think they do. Sandro Mamukelishvili is going to have to have a monster game, probably 25 points and eight boards at least, and probably five dimes. He's going to have to be an all-around force, but the real uh, issue is going to be who's going to be that second guy. Is it going to be Jared Roden, Miles Kale, uh, uh, Aiken, for the transfer Bryce Aiken will not be able to play tonight, so that's a huge loss. So who's going to be that second scorer for the Hall? It's going to be the real question. Even though Villanova's coming off of their COVID outbreak and they haven't played in weeks, Jay Wright will have those boys ready to rock and roll. I, Nova's one of the best prepared teams in the country when they're uh, ready to go. So going to be a real test there, still in test out up there at probably uh, out there in Philadelphia. So we're going to see how that goes. Baylor took down Kansas last night, won by eight. That Baylor defense is absolutely legit with their zone. A team that's really just told themselves we're going to be a zone defensive team and really just fly around to the ball, make teams to shoot perimeter jump shots, and then you rebound, and then you break. So Scott Drew's doing a masterful job with the Baylor Bears, taking uh, them to number two in the country, and we're hoping, hoping that Baylor-Gonzaga game re gets rescheduled. It's getting more unlikely and unlikely as the season gets further in, but who knows, and those two are clearly the two front runners in the country at the moment, so... 
Lastly, what else is on tap in uh, college basketball? You have uh, Purdue go traveling to Ohio State. Real intriguing matchup there. Purdue is coming off of a great win as, as well as Ohio State's coming off of a big win themselves. Ohio State beat Illinois as well as Purdue's coming off of a couple good wins at Michigan State, at Indiana, and then versus Penn State. Ohio State traveled to Illinois and beat them there on the road. Michigan, they ended up suffering their last loss, their first loss this past weekend against Minnesota. This time they're hosting Maryland to try and bounce back. I think they won't have any issues there. Uh, Juwan Howard really has them playing hard, and they're playing great basketball camaraderie. I think they just ended up laying an egg, and they ran into a Minnesota team that was coming out with a vengeance, especially after Michigan romped Minnesota earlier in the year, and Minnesota just gave the gave them their due right back at them. One of the surprise teams that's been going on is the Missouri Tigers. They take on South Carolina. I really do like Missouri tonight. They're going to be facing a tough test, though. In the South Carolina team, they're 3-3, three and three, but still, they again, they had COVID issues themselves, so they're still trying to get into their fold. And another interesting game, Alabama goes to LSU. This is usually more of a football rivalry, but it's a basketball game today. Alabama 18th in the country, 11-3 against a 10-2 LSU squad. They're both hitting their strides really well. Alabama has, has beat, won some monster games. They beat Kentucky. Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, just to name off their last five. And LSU, they've won four, four, four in a row as well, being Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, South Carolina. So something's got to give tonight. I, that's a real pick em. It's in out Baton Rouge, so pick them there. I would probably roll with the Crimson Tide. They have really started to figure themselves out, and they're a real contender to win the SEC. But that was a little bit of a college basketball roundup as well as an NBA talking some NBA and then again the final four in the NFL we have Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay and Tampa Bay they all played in week six in those two uh, matchups against each other last time Kansas City was victorious and Tampa Bay was victorious how's it gonna go we'll, we'll see we're gonna have everything broken down on Friday we're gonna be able to have some guests on and we're gonna break down every both championship games as well as break down the recent events that's going on in the NBA and college ball. I go Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Final Whistle. Check me out on Friday. Rem reminder that you can view Final Whistle on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and more. So thank you again. My name is Blaine Spencer, and that was an your Tuesday edition of Final Whistle. Look out for me on Friday. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week.